For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's go! crap <laughs> i don't know how long that was on mute but <laughs> sorry uh yes this is the first edition of three editions this week of football to football in which we will not be talking any football hardly at all we will talk about football on friday night um tonight will be our second foray into really talking about hockey all year hopefully you know, by the time, uh, you know, during the next few weeks when the playoffs are going on, we'll be talking more about hockey, uh, you know. But uh, with me this week, thankfully, is my co-host, Gary Vaughn. Hey, everybody. And the usual guest that's always awesome and is a jack of wonderful all-trades, Matthew Pollard, how are you, sir? I'm good, Ginger Ninja, at your service. Um, I saw a funny little uh, gif uh, a couple days ago that said, uh, relationship status on Facebook, taken, single, Stanley Cup playoffs. And I am definitely checked into the third box at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Well, 
you know, we we are going to talk about the Stanley <laughs> Cup playoffs today. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, going through all the first round matchups. And sorry, I'm trying to post the thing on our Facebook group really quick before I forget. Um, you can call in right now nine seven two five nine one eight six three six if you're a hockey fan or not a hockey fan and want to talk about what's going on. Uh, before we get too far into that, um, so yes, we'll gr- break down all the first round matchups. We will, you know, tell you who's going to win and how many games and all that stuff. Uh, then we'll go through the rest of our how the playoffs are going to go, and then we'll pick a you know champion, and we'll have to see how that goes when you know the playoffs end. Uh, normally, Gary's the one that gets lucky with these things. So. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um. Before we start, I should I have to play this awesome theme that we hardly ever get to hear anymore because ESPN does not have the rights to hockey, I know. If for some reason you don't know what that is, that's the old ESPN Hockey Night song that used to play uh, when ESPN used to have hockey on ESPN2 all the time. Uh, it, you know, uh, the funny thing is, uh, sadly, Matt couldn't... I forgot what Matt was doing, um, that he didn't get to be with us when we did the season preview for the NHL. I, I think you we had just done the... ESP, the EPL one, and you were kind of like, okay, I don't know if I can go do more studying for a whole season. So. I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was that that summer was really busy with research and stuff, so I hadn't done, I hadn't been up to speed on teams, so I would have been making predictions based on solely what happened last year, as opposed to understanding the trades and the new prospects and moves that had been made. So I think that was my that was my cop out. Well, that's that's fine. But me and Gary did make predictions not very, you know, totally uh, well thought out. Predict- I mean, it's not like we just knew a plethora of information or anything. Uh, we're not like experts when it comes to the hockey stuff. It is Gary's second sport that he claims to love, but yes, I just love. seems to not have much time to watch, I guess. I, you know, there's so many games and so much going on right now. So, uh, yeah, i just be honest with you. I don't have as much knowledge as I would like. I followed it to an extent this year, um, but I'm sure Matt will make me look pretty bad if he's definitely <laughs> So we are going to make our expert today, Matthew. <laughs> okay, then. Just for transparency, Matthew, if you haven't figured it out by now, Matthew's a mostly – all LA fan in most sports. He is a LA Kings fan. Uh, obviously, me and Gary are Dallas Stars fans. So, both of our teams are in the playoffs. Both of our teams are in the Western Conference, and both of our teams have a chance of playing each other in the second round if that happens. I don't know if that's going to happen for the Stars, but yes, who knows? And for those of you, you know, fans once the who puck drops, yeah. For those of you fans who listen in regularly, you know I taught about my L.A. Galaxy as much as I want, but my dad was nine years old when the Kings came into existence. My grandfather is a Los Angeles Kings 
season ticket holder, excuse me. So if I had to choose, if you put a gun in my head and said, Matt, you have to choose every single professional sports team in L.A., but one is being dissolved, I wouldn't pick the Lakers. I wouldn't pick the Dodgers. I wouldn't pick the Galaxy. The Los Angeles Kings would be existing as far as I'm concerned. So they are my baby. I will defend them to the death. And this next month is going, this next six weeks, two months hopefully is going to be agonizing pain and hopefully followed by utter euphoria on my part. <laughs> Let's hope so for you. Yeah, for your sake and sanity. <laughs> okay. Let's get started, Sean and a banter. So this season we had a realignment and you weren't on to talk about it. We had a we actually had a resident Canadian and, and Randy on to talk about it. Um so what are your thoughts on the whole realignment? And, uh, you know, they also made the playoff seating rather complicated. Instead of making it one through eight, they made it a one through four, one through four. It's very, uh, just it's not easy on the eyes as it used to be. Uh, what's your whole thoughts on how they set up the whole season and what that meant for the league this year? I think it was an interesting move that they made as far as changing it. I think obviously, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily that the conference schedule had gotten stale, but you noticed it, how the division alignments that existed, the big rivalries in the regular season were always in who you played in the division, you know, being, you know, California native, you know, it was all about the Kings playing the Ducks. It was all about the Kings playing the Star, or excuse me, the the Sharks. And then you had, you know, the three Western Canadian teams. You had the three Canadian Eastern teams. You know, in the case of the Stars, you had the Coyotes. And now I guess you could say there's a little bit of bad blood now that Minnesota has had a team, you know, in the past decade as well. So I think the move was really a move towards strengthening those rivalries and making those games a little bit more focused. So, you know, now potentially... Every single year, we could see a Boston-Montreal playoff series. You know, they have the record for, I think it's 26 times that they've played each other in the playoffs, and they're 13-13, and and if my bracket is correct and that they meet in the second round, someone's going to be 14-13 and and have bragging rights over them. So I think it was an interesting move from the economics. Um, The wild card decision was really where I think it gets complicated and it gets really hard for a to explain to a non-hockey fan you know in the old format it was oh it's just like the NBA and then in this new format it's kind of a funny hybrid between I guess you could say the NFL format with the divisions and the wild card and now but still having somewhat of a conference alignment so I think that's a little bit complicated I guess the one little crux the one little issue I have in that is you you can't they're in the funny in between now between with the wild card they're now in a funny in between between being a conference alignment and being a division alignment and some of the GMs have muttered about how they don't necessarily like that so I think it's going to be an interesting discussion I think it's going to be you know a couple years and then maybe they do a little bit of twinking but at the end of the day I think it was a good move by Gary Bettman for economic and geographic reasons and I think it's going to be a really compelling talking part for at least the next half decade in the NHL. Do you like the idea of not reseeding in the playoffs? I do simply because it goes back to the it, – it keeps things within the division. So I think if you're going to have it and then have the reseeding, that I almost say, why well, have the divisions to begin with? If we're going to do that, then we're almost this weird hybrid um, – you know, like second, you know, uh, you know, distant, uh, not distant cousin, excuse me, you know, you're almost this really close relative of the conference alignment. And the whole point of this move was to get away from the staleness and the nostalgia of the conference alignment in the playoffs. 
So I, I would I would agree with the with Gary Bettman and with the GMs to maintain the seating from the first round into the second round. Well, Gary, uh, you know basketball doesn't do reseeding either. Uh, football does do reseeding, and that's your big sport. Um, just taking the two together, are you a person? Are you a fan of reseeding or not? When it comes to the playoffs, you know, I, I think each works for its own. I mean, the NFL system works for the NFL. I really feel like it works. You know, to really, you know, just kind of showcase the different teams. And not only that, you look at the NFL and they they rotate so much during the you know each season who they play. You know, one division will play another division one year, then you have another division. You know the Northeast will be, you know, the North Division will be playing uh, the AFC East the next year. They'll be playing the AFC West and things like that. So that's the season. Then when you get to the playoffs, you kind of can see where teams don't necessarily have to play each other during the season. Whereas in hockey, basketball, you've got a lot of the same format during the season. You're playing a lot of the teams. You're really not having to deal with what the NFL does. See, the NFL, you're so limited on who you're going to play. You're only playing a certain team this year, whereas in these other sports where you play a hundred-some-odd games, you play everybody pretty much. So to me, I think each works great for its system. To me, it's not that big of a deal. I don't really, honestly favor one over the other. I think that, you know, like I said, they're each good. All right, fair enough. The draft lottery did happen tonight. Uh, the Florida Panthers are the number one seed going into the draft next year. Uh, Randy's Buffalo Sabres are number two. And, uh, I mean, I live in Florida, so I'm sure somewhere the small amount of Florida Panthers fans are excited. It's like the total bastard stepchild of teams here in my <laughs> The bastard stepchild so, of the bastard stepchild of the bastard exactly. stepchild. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Edmonton Oilers are number three. Calgary Flames four. The Islanders are five. The Canucks are six. Hurricanes are seven. Uh, the Maple Leafs are eight. So I'm sure Randall is somewhere giddy about that, I guess. The Winnipeg Jets are nine. The Ducks are ten. The Predators are eleven. The Coyotes 12 and the Capitals are 13, and this damn moth keeps going across my computer screen and is bugging the crap out of me. <laughs> Get away from... It's like... And my computer's a touch screen, so I can't touch my damn screen either. <laughs> Don't slap it. Don't hit it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't slap it because then it'll kill the computer. There goes the recording. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway... um. They did kind of apparently make it to where the uh, number one seed no longer has the biggest chance. Uh, usually, I think in basketball it's still this way where the number one seed has the biggest chance, and they still don't win. It's to avoid, obviously, tanking and whatnot. Uh, do you guys like that idea and don't reward necessarily the number one seed or the number the team that loses the most games? Lotteries even need to exist, honestly. Or do we need to? All of them need to have the the old format of you just seed by record. 
my opinion, Sean, this is just coming if from nothing else from the NH from my my NHL background, I would agree with the NHL as opposed to the NBA in that I think it should just be constant. It should just be straight your total point values. I think the only argument you could have is say, for example, this year we're gonna get in this in a bit, the East is significantly weaker than the West. Well, we could say the same thing in the NBA as well. So, you know, you could argue that, you know, had the um, you know, had the uh, the Edmonton Oilers been in the East, maybe they would have had more points. So then you need to see it otherwise. I think it should just be straight point totals. You finish last, you get the first overall pick. That's my that's my two cents. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with Matt on this because I think that you know why change things up when teams earn their spot. That's the way it works for me. I feel like you know. If you were the second best in the division, that's your place. You got the second most points, as in hockey. That's where you belong. I, I just to me, there's no reason to go outside of that format. Um, I, I understand why they do it, why the NBA does what they do. But on the other hand, I honestly, I've always favored the NHL way of doing it compared to you know what's going on in the NBA at times. I would say that it works for the NBA because they do have the problem with people tank and it's obvious that they tank. Come on, 76ers losing 27 games in a row after they did so well at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's tanking, folks. Uh, Not to mention they gutted their team so bad that how the hell were they going to compete at all? Uh, You know, you don't really see that a lot in hockey. I like the fact that they don't reward the number one seed, kind of, because now it's not so much about, oh, let me, it's a race to number one. Now it's, okay, you can be in that 13, 14, and you can still get a shot at it. You're mm-hmm. rewarded for playing and getting in that area. You don't have to necessarily be number one. I think the old system works great for football because. You don't see stuff like that. There's so little games. It there's no way you can have tanking. It's just I think it's kind of ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the I think the one so many games. What? Go ahead, Sean. Finish your point. With so many games with the other two uh, sports, I think it leads itself more to that. With football, it's just I don't I don't see it. Even though people do talk about it sometimes. I would say the the one thing in. I'm a, a noted conspiracy theorist on this podcast and in every aspect of life. I think the one thing the lottery brings about is the possibility of conspiracy theorists. Obviously, you know, I have a a friend at work who's um uh, who's a big NBA fan. He doesn't have a team because he's from he's from Taiwan, but he was talking about, you know, how much crap everyone is going to talk about the NBA if the Lakers somehow get the number one, get that first ping pong ball in the NBA lottery and the conspiracy theorists coming out. So I think, I think that's one mark. You make it cut and dry. Yes. People complain, you know, Oh, the East was worse than the West. So it was easier for the Panthers to tank this year, blah, blah, blah. You know, they get the tiebreaker because of one thing that happened in shootout. You make it cut and dry. Everybody knows, and you have to deal with it. You don't leave any room whatsoever for interpretation or interminglings, whether it exists or not. Yeah. But you know, and I, and I get that. I totally understand. You know, I, my theory is though, it's just to me, I mean, it's the fact of the matter I don't worry about, you know, teams tanking. I, I Okay, yes, you don't want them to do it on purpose. But, you know, it, it's going to happen in that conspiracy theorist format. Yes, people are purposely doing it at times. 
But hey, I mean, they're trying to make their team better by doing it. Let's just be honest. They're trying to find a way. And yeah, the NBA is trying to stop it with the lottery. But like I was mentioning before, I just think if you're, you know, that bad and you get that number one spot for, you know, you just decided you were going to make your fans suffer. And that to me, that's not a good business decision. You want your fans to always be excited about the team. I mean, honestly, if I knew the next year the Dallas Stars were just going to be crap and they were going to tell me they're going to be crap, I, I would not watch one game. I wouldn't buy one ticket. Why am I going to buy try to buy a ticket next year? Why am I going to try to go to games? It's because at least they may not be great, but I'm going to try to go because I get excited about it. I, I think that, you know, that's kind of, you know, I don't know. I just still, I'm not a fan of the lottery system. I just not. That's just me, though. I can see that. It's, you know, to each their own on that kind of thing. While I try to destroy this damn mob that keeps bugging the crap out of me. Uh, if it's not the stupid volume on my computer that decides to go down and up by itself, it's other things. Yeah, I like the fact uh, that you have, you know, you fix the volume to an extent, and now it's environmental issues, not your computer. <laughs> Last night it was people stomping on the ceiling. Today it's a mob. Yeah. <laughs> or prank calls. Yes. What's... Yes. Follow the buzzers. <laughs> what the? Oh, this thing. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, Matt now gets to laugh at me and Gary's picks, which actually yeah. weren't bad. Both of our, both of our playoff, uh, our, our finals are still there. So that's good. We both picked the Blackhawks to win the Stanley Cup again. Okay. Uh, I had, uh, I, 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 I had, this was all at the uh, beginning of the season, right? Yes. Yes. Very okay. 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 I had. Uh, was it Boston or now I can't know. I had the Rangers and and the Blackhawks, and Gary had the Canadians and the Blackhawks. Um. So, it doesn't. It's possible that either one of those teams, I guess, could still wind up there, but. Who knows? Um, the funny thing is going to be with the divisions because we kind of did well in the East and then we didn't do so well in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the East, I think Gary had uh, – actually, Gary picked Montreal and I didn't. So he has that on me. We both picked Ottawa and they didn't make it. Uh, we Actually, we kind of had – we both had – we had Detroit and Boston and that was it because nobody picked Tampa Bay. Uh, you picked Montreal, I didn't, and we all picked Ottawa and the Maple Leafs, and they didn't make it either. Okay, well, so. to to be fair, Sean, at least as far as your pick for the the Detroit Red Wings, they have had a significant number of injuries, and the um the Red Wings AHL affiliate, that's the American Hockey League, you can think of it like AAA baseball almost. They are the Grand Rapids Griffins in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And the joke that the Red Wings fans have started calling the Red Wings because of how many injuries they had is that they weren't the Detroit Red Wings, they were the Detroit Griffins in that they literally had half of the AHL team playing in the NHL. And I think wow. Mike Babcock has done a phenomenal job, and it's a miracle and a a, a testament to hockey coaching greatness that somehow their streak of 19 years straight in the NHL playoffs was not broken this year, albeit by the slimmest of margins. And they're about to get Dotsuit and Zetterberg back, so who knows? They might make a run at this. Yeah, that's going to be uh, pretty interesting. Who knows? I mean, they got to go through Boston first, but we shall see. 
uh, in the Metropolitan, we had the uh, we all uh, see we picked the division winners right. We had Pittsburgh and Boston, and then I had Philadelphia. Gary did not have Philadelphia. Nobody had Columbus. Uh, I think we both had the Rangers, and we were wrong on the Islanders. So the Islanders wound up eighth. So that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on on our part. Um, nobody picked Colorado. Uh, they wouldn't have won the division had St. Louis not had so many injuries towards the end and then just lost their last six games. But nobody had St. Louis winning the division either. We all had the Blackhawks. They wound up in third. Um, I I think a couple of us picked Minnesota. Not everybody did. Uh, three of us picked Dallas. They wound up making it. Uh, Nashville did not make it. They were like three points behind Dallas. And then we all picked the th- the three teams in the Pacific, but nobody thought the Ducks were going to be the division winners. So, and I was wrong on the Coyotes, but they did wind up fourth. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody that picked Vancouver, they were totally wrong. I was right about the, not totally death watch, but they didn't do too well. I don't know if they made a really good move. I can't remember how many years ago when they Jedi mind tricked all of the other GMs and traded up to draft both the Sedin twins. And then every single move after that has just been utter stupidity. I, it, it baffles me that the Canucks were in the Stanley Cup final, that they almost won. They had so much talent that they almost won in spite of how poorly they were organized. And I think now we're finally seeing everything implode and the true colors come out and you know, I think John Tortorella was just the, the ultimate epitome of the, the comedy of errors that the organization has taken through, in addition to Luongo being traded. So they need to rebuild. I don't know what's going to happen. No one is safe other than maybe the Sedins who just re-upped for probably the last contract they'll play as NHL players. Probably right. So I have one more question, and then we're going to get into the actual playoff stuff. There was six stadium series games this year. Some would say that's way too many. How do you feel about that, Matt? I'm okay with it as long as like they make it like I don't know, say a, a five year thing. I think if you get it to the point where say I don't know, say they do something ridiculous, like they have five games every year. So then you've got say, you know, I think but the whole point of it, I think, was it to have a go around, have it be special, you know, in the locations they had it, you know, they have it be um in you know in one particular location they make it you know significant you know it's sort of an anomaly it's something special but then if you do it five times a year then it's not special so i think i think they should dumb it down to say maybe every five years they have multiple games and then other than that they keep it to the one heritage classic game which is the canadian equivalent of the of the winter classic and then you have the winter classic be you know sometime in december january if they want to i don't think it should be on january 1st just because then you're competing with the rose bowl but, you know, have it be sometime in the December to January area and then, you know, have it rotate between different teams. So, for example, you know, the Blackhawks have now played in three of them. I don't think the Blackhawks should get another game, again, another outdoor game until every single other team in the NHL has. So, you know, Washington's going to host one at the new Nationals ballpark. In all honesty, I really think it's about time the state of hockey gets one. So I think the next one that the NHL should mark on their calendar, get Minnesota a game either at the new Viking Stadium or the new Twins. Stadium, or I think the best option would be on the campus at the University of Minnesota. 
So, but I think definitely go back to it being, you know, a once a year thing, make it a big deal. And then when you want to do a bunch of them, do a bunch of them, just do exactly what they did this year with big marketability, big matchups, jersey sales, you know, exploding commercials, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I totally get where Matt's coming from. You want something to be special for a reason, and when you overexpose it, it doesn't become special anymore, does it? You, you know, it's like it. the. Go, go, go ahead, ahead Gary. No, oh, no, no. I was, no. I was, I was, go I was just going to say that there was there was an article on ESPN.com that um, the AAC and so the the what the Big East is now becoming. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mac signed another bowl agreement to have a sec, a third bowl game in the Orlando Citrus Bowl, in addition to the Capital One Bowl and the. Um, champs and the russell athletic bowl which is now making it 40 such that now officially one half of the teams in division one college football will be attending a bowl game so you know you've got really 25 of those unless your team's in it no but you nobody cares about it and then i would say there's the other 10 which if it's a compelling matchup or if it's two really good conferences going at it then you care about it but other than that what's the one everybody cares about you know it's what bowl game is my college in and the bcs bowl games so yeah. I think you know well, now the playoff games. So. Okay, now now the playoff games. Yes, but I'm saying yeah. like you know if they were to say let's have 15 outdoor games and every single NHL team gets one, then really what's the one you care about? You care about the big one that they're marketing on January 1st. You know, say it'll be I don't know. Let's pick one random rivalry that we that we all think is compelling. Let's say mm. I don't know. Let, let's say let's, let's Pittsburgh go. and Philadelphia. Okay, there so let's go. say P- Pittsburgh and Philadelphia playing. In, I don't know. Let's put them in Happy Valley where Penn State plays. It's you know everybody's going to care about that one big marquee game, and then for you guys, you're going to care about the one the Stars are playing in. I'm going to care about the ones the Kings are playing in. So unless you're a Panthers Lightning fan, you don't care about the fact that the two of them are playing in the Tropicana Dome on January 27th. Mm-hmm. I honestly yeah. don't think that game would sell out. That would be a terrible idea. NHL, please don't do that to us. Yeah, don't take <laughs> yeah, that. Please. Uh, don't take Matt. The Rays can't even get you know people to sell out their stadium, and they're actually a good team. The Tropicana Dome, I imagine, having two hockey teams, one terrible and one pretty good, is not going to draw numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I totally agree. But you know, going back to what I was kind of saying was the fact that. You know, when something's overexposed, people don't care anymore. And I, I agree with Matt where you keep it to a low number where even if it's teams that aren't the best teams, it's, you know, something special that you want to go to if it's in your area. Because, hey, this is only going to happen once every year. And this, you know, we may not get this again for another five years. 
So we've got to be able to, you know, make our way to this game, even though, you know, maybe not our teams or maybe something we don't feel like is, you know, worthy of our time. At least it's something cool. We get to be a part of a special event. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it will help, you know, numbers-wise in that situation. But like Matt was saying, if you overexpose it and you have those games where, you know, you have 15 of them in these crappy teams, no one's going to show up. No one's going to watch it on TV. So, I mean, I, I just – I think it's cool. I think it's a great idea to have these. Just don't overexpose it. And, you know, it, it, here's the thing. So, uh, I guess it, I haven't watched all these games. I know most of them are outdoors. Are, are you saying that they're planning on doing some inside of – because you mentioned Minnesota's new stadium. They'd have one inside because they're going to, of course, probably going to have another dome. Yeah, well, all of them, all of them, uh, Gary, have been outside with the exception of, if you want to count BC Place as kind of having the open roof but mostly a roof that's really the only one the whole point is that it's an outdoor game so you play it in the elements you know you bring up the image of you know kids playing pond hockey you know in middle of nowhere minnesota so that's that's the image behind it so i think i don't think they would do anything indoors unless they had no other options so i think you know if the nhl really makes a vendetta of you know this is a special event everybody should get to play it the only reason why i brought up the indoor possibility was i don't know how you play this game outdoors in florida yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, so I would, and then why would you have, you know, um, you know, so that that'd be my only argument. So you know, for example, you know, it at least gets cold in North Carolina. You know, you could put it at um, you know, the at a uh, NC State's stadium, and you know, you could do that for the Carolina, you know, for the for the the Carolina Hurricanes. But for example, you know, everybody was saying Dodgers Stadium was such an idea. They did it on a night. They did it on night at Dodgers Stadium. After the marine layer had set in so that the even though during the day it was a little, little bit warm at tip off the ice, the outdoor temperature was 68 degrees and the regulated temperature for NHL arenas during an NHL game is 62 so we're talking a six-degree different, and then once it got later in the night, the marine layer kept in, and it crept into the low 50s. So I really think with the technology they have with how they sort of run cooling liquid underneath the ice to keep it solid, really, other than hot, humid Florida, I think they could do this game anywhere else in the continental United States, and that includes Dallas, Texas. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you, because they're trying to stay outdoors, and so basically the biggest, you know, actually right now, currently, the best stadium right now you have is probably Cowboys Stadium just because it's technology wise venue wise it's one of the best places you can hold an event but because it's going to be a you know it's outside thing you couldn't have it there um, but yeah you're right you could have it at the Cotton Bowl or somewhere else in Dallas even you know well they could do it at at the uh, Cowboys Stadium you just have to have the roof open well I know but like Matt said you know you want to keep it as outdoors as possible and that Titantron kind of takes away the outdoor look. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so, I think yeah. my my one concern though with that with that Gary is you know not to not to bag on Stars fans or or anything like that, but if they were to have it at Cowboys Stadium, it seats eighty one thousand. If I'm not mistaken, is that correct? Uh, yes. yes. And then so with the, with the standing room capacity, it can get over a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. 
the NHL with their marketing, they've done a really good job and they've had almost a complete sellout at every single one of these. I think it's been minimum at least 95% capacity. So it's been a decent crowd and albeit they've done a good job picking their spots and stuff. You know, they started it off in Buffalo where the Buffalo fans are crazy. You know, Pittsburgh's hosted it. You know, Washington's been in it. You know, it's been Boston, Philly. You know, it's been at Fenway Park. It's been at Wrigley Field, Soldier Field, Dodger Stadium. It's been at scenic locations. I guess my only concern would be Depending on the stars, depending on who you ha- oh, or even the big house, you know, in um in Michigan, where you know there were forty thousand Toronto Maple Leafs fans there. My only concern is I don't know that you have a close enough geographical opponent to try and draw from two fan bases to fill out the eighty-one thousand. So unless you just have Jerry Jones just go on it and make it box office, I question whether or not you get the eighty-one thousand. Now you could get sixty-five thousand people, and I think that would be fine. But from the NHL perspective, as far as the public image goes, they would want it. So I think in that sense, maybe they might move it to a smaller venue. You know, say the old Cowboys Stadium or um, yeah. maybe one of the college venues, 65 or something like that. Yeah, the SMU. I don't know if the Cotton Bowl uh, could do it, but. You know, the University of North Texas, minus Sean's alma mater, they got a brand new, beautiful stadium. They could do it. Um, but It's okay. probably more likely they would do it at um, either College Station or UT uh, Stadium or something like that. College Station? Oh, no, none of those. you got to have it further north. <laughs> well, I guess the, the, the one vantage point of having it be, it's the, the North Texas Mean Green, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So they could do they could do a really cool like special jersey for that game with the new green the stars have that could, that could work. I don't know yeah. that the NHL would pull the trigger on that, but it'd be no. an interesting concept. They, they, they probably wouldn't, but I mean, there's plenty of stadiums. They could try there. to do it at the ballpark, I guess. Oh yeah, they could do it at ballpark in Arlington, and that I think that would work too. And that'd be that's what fifty five or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. You, so you do that, and you maybe you have who would be a good regional one at that point? I guess you could bring in the Blues or something like that. You could bring in Chicago. You could bring in the Blackhawks, or you could bring in. Uh, I would say go go after yeah. any one of the major transplants of where mm-hmm. there's a lot of people from one city in Dallas. I would say I'd say that that would work. I mean, I think I agree with what Sean was talking about the Blackhawks because we've seen the Bears fans love coming to Dallas. <laughs> so okay. apparently the Blackhawks will love making that trip. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I love your points, and I definitely agree with what you were saying about Cowboys Stadium. I want to make that known because it's in the best interest of the NHL to have the capacity crowd and not leave empty seats. They want to make this look good on TV. They want people to feel like, you know, hey, the hockey's you know still strong. It's a big deal. And I agree with that completely. And, you know, I, I not just because I am from Dallas, I want to see this here. But I think other places in the South deserve the opportunity to hold one of these games. Not only that, it's good for the NHL. It really, to me, is. Because when you focus on the Northeast, when you focus anywhere in the North, I mean, hockey's already got a big, you know, fan base up there. Really, let's be honest. But the South, Southern states with these Southern teams, uh, even if you headed out West, I mean, you really need to make uh, a good presence, something special for those Southern fans to get them into the sport more. And so I think it'd be a great thing if they could hold this event, not just up in the north. I would agree completely with that, Sean. With uh, excuse me, Gary, there was a, a really good piece done by Pierre LeBurn, 
who is uh, based in Montreal, but he was coming from Calgary at the time, and he was flying in to do an article for ESPN um, for the uh, for I guess we could call it the the uh, the Dodger Stadium game, and this was the one that was the most hotly contested by pretty much the everybody in the NHL community on a whole. First, because of the weather possibility, the fact that they could be skating on a pond, and second of all, the fact that it was the first non-traditional matchup they had. You know, it's been that's the thing about hockey, especially Canadian hockey fans. They don't do new. So, you know, every single one of the outdoor games, it's been traditional market, traditional matchup in a quality stadium, you know, a hockey town. And this yeah, was kind of a weird one. Yeah. Everything. And then, so, you know, Pierre Laburn came in. He said, you know, the, they had the, 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 the joke about the, the two jerseys was the Anaheim was the all orange and it was glossy. So people were calling that the traffic cone. And then the Kings jerseys were the gray with the shiny crown. So they were calling that the L.A. smog. And then, you know, they had Kiss right at the beginning of the game, and then with the teams came out, they were coming out to Vince Scully saying, it's time for Los Angeles, excuse me, Los Angeles Kings hockey. USC's marching band was there, and they were playing um, I Love LA, and then um, they had Five for Fighting play during the third period, and they had a beach volleyball court on there for some reason, and it was just, it was its own spectacle and its own work, and it was nothing like any of the other outdoor games, and then Pierre Lebrun said, you know what, if you were going to do this like way but, and not have it be a traditional matchup, you had to go full force into the entertainment value L.A. amusement park setting, and they utterly nailed it. And then he said, you know, I was expecting the crowd to be weird, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, you know, it was Kings fans and Ducks fans, and they had, you know, all these weird combinations of jerseys and the ugly third jerseys both teams had had from every single era, and they were wearing the new ones. And he said it was just a well-dressed crowd, and he was just so impressed, and it was completely not what he was expecting and i think that series in particularly how well it went other than the outcome of the game i don't want to talk about that um i think this completely opens the door for every single other team that would not have normally been considered like the dallas stars or the carolina hurricanes or the san jose sharks maybe in levi stadium once that opens or though the sharks and kings can make a very good uh game Yes. Now that 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 would be an interesting, especially with the way the playoffs have gone. Or you know, what's a what's who who's somebody else that I'm forgetting at this point? Do do do. Let me think about this. Kind of tough. Uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets have not had one. You could do one at Cruise Stadium, maybe, or heck, put it at uh, put it at the Horseshoe. And then um, one argument that I've actually been making that I've that I've been thinking about is the Blues have yet to partake in one, and you're going to tell me that they would not be able to sell out Bush Stadium. Oh yeah. So I think I think particularly this game has opened it up for the rest of the NHL to say you know other than maybe South Florida and having the two Florida teams play, I think we can do this pretty much anywhere else, both weather-wise and market-wise, if we do a good job marketing it. And I think so far with every single one of these games, they've done a great job. It's been a wonderful spectacle, and the fans have really enjoyed it, other than being really far away from the action as opposed to being able to bang on the glass. Yeah, I, I remember waking up for that the Winter Classic game and being really excited for it. There wasn't much else on. And I was like, oh, this is a big spectacle. You know, it's a big deal because it's outside and I want to see it. And I have never watched an outside game before. I've never watched Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's the other Winter Classic games. So I was like, all right. You know, and then I kept seeing that they had more of these, you know, the Stadium Series games or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, okay, I'm cool with this. I don't know that I'd be cool with more than this, but, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully they kind of, like what we've said, I would be okay with like three a year. Maybe you have one for Christmas every year. Okay. Uh, to kind of compete with basketball. And then you have the one around in January and then you just do the Canadian one. Mm-hmm. You know, but who knows. But we need to get on to these playoffs that are happening right, well, you know, pretty much depending on when you're listening to this, they've already started. So, I guess we might as well start in the Eastern Conference so we can take our bias out of it. Uh, okay. <laughs> we, we have the uh, number one overall seed in all of the NHL by one game, the Boston Bruins taking on the Detroit Red Wings, who, as Matt alluded to, have been through all sorts of injuries this year. Um... The Bruins have just been hardly, you know, pretty much anything short of unstoppable. Do the Red Wings really have a chance in this? You know, I think one one thing I find ultimately ironic about all of this, Sean, is I think the Bruins have been one of the most consistent teams all year. They've been one of the best teams defensively. They're very good skilled. They're very good on the puck. They do well in the special teams aspect of the game. They're the overall number one seed. They have home ice through all rounds of the playoff, and their big reward is in the first round they have to play possibly one of the most dangerous wild card teams of the four. I think if you pulled every single GM and head coach of every single team in the NHL and you said of the four wild card teams, the Minnesota Wild, the Dallas Stars, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Columbus Blue Jackets, who would you least likely to play? I think the Red Wings would be the runaway favorite for winning that poll. So I think Mike Babcock has done a good job coaching. I think the Red Wings are particularly gritty, but I think this is one of the cases where the Red Wings are going to grind it out. They're going to be extremely competitive. It's going to be a lot closer than people think it's going to be just looking at the seating, but I don't see any way Boston loses this. It might go six games, it might go seven, but I think at some point it's going to get gritty and just Boston's will and skill and freshness and lack of injuries is just at some point going to overpower it. And it's going to be one of those where, say you have a, an almost upset in an individual game and the and the the underdog is holding on and holding on and holding on and finally they get to close to the game and then you know it gets towards you know the final half you know the the final 5 minutes of the fourth quarter and then LeBron James just says okay I'm switching I'm turning on the switch and taking over this game and then the heat win by 15 
Like, I feel like that's potentially going to happen where the first three or four games are going to be really contested. And then finally the Bruins are going to say, okay, it's time to end it. And then the Red Wings are going to be over their head in games five, six, or however long. I have this Bruins winning in six, but it being a lot closer than people think in six games. You know, Sean, I don't know if I'm, you know, picked the Wings to even make the playoffs in our predictions. Uh, I don't really remember. We did. Okay. Everybody did because of the whole them having – this is our 23rd consecutive year of making the playoffs. Okay. So. And, and, I, and I believe when I did talk about the Red Wings, I did say you can never count them out. No matter what the roster looks like or who you know, you know, gets injured or who's traded who, the Red Wings are always competitors. They're always the team that you got to watch out for. I think the Boston Bruins know this coming into this matchup. So, yeah, I, th- I think they're going to be a little bit nervous, but I don't think they're going to be nervous enough to tank or to just get, you know, psychologically out of this. I feel like what Matt said, consistency is the big key here. That's what the Boston Bruins are. Uh, and, and I like the defensive power that they bring to the game. I think the Wings are, are going to take a couple of games. It's funny that you chose six games, Matt, because that's actually what I have written down, too. I really feel like the Wings are going to take at least two games here. They may only take one. I could be completely wrong. To me, if they don't take one, it would be a complete shock. But I really feel they're going to get two. Um, So I really do think that we're going to have an issue of the Wings just kind of finding a way to just kind of collapse somewhere somehow because the Bruins are just too strong. Mm-hmm. I think I think definitely many of the and even the two or three of the games that the Bruins win I think are going to be extremely competitive. It's just going to be one of those last ones or maybe the Bruins dominate win four one or something like that get an empty netter. I think to go off your point of the injury, uh, Gary point. Um, I would say if I had to make an analogy, the Detroit Red Wings this year are the Boston Celtics under Doc Rivers, where KG's banged up, Paul Pierce is banged up, Ray Allen's banged up. I don't know what's happening to the rest of the roster, but somehow they find a way to get into the playoffs, and they're a team you just don't want to play. Not necessarily because they're the best of the wild card teams, but they're certainly the most dangerous. And, and would you say psychologically... I mean, for the Red Wings, it's going to work in their favor and maybe even against their favor because you, they know who they are. They know what they can do. The problem is, though, is if they go into this series and tie the Bruins, and then, like, let's just say, like you said, game five, the Bruins come in there winning game four, one, five, one. Do you think psychologically that may kind of deter them, maybe check them out of this because they do know that they do have some weaknesses? I would say. I think that would depend on how the locker room handles it. You know, the, the the Red Wings are kind of in this funny transition period where, you know, three or four years ago, they were a regular cup contender. They were a lock for the playoffs. They were regularly winning their division. And now they're kind of at a point where half their roster is either the youth they brought in, in since that time or they're all the older players who are retiring. You know, Lidstrom's retired. They lost Yuri Hoodler. Um, a few other guys have retired. You know, Dotsuk and, uh, and Zetterberg are both on the wrong side of 30 by a ways. So, you know, I think the veteran presence, I think they're still going to fight. I think they're still going to try and be competitive. But at this point, I think the Wings just get to play hockey simply because I think everybody's just shocked that Mike Babcock found a way to get them into the playoffs. So I think they're going to come in free. I think they're going to give that everything. And I really think they've got nothing to lose because you know worst case scenario let's let's say worst case scenario you know I have somebody calling in hold on okay hey you were live on 
football to football, even though we're not talking either one. Who are you? Hey, this is Anthony uh, calling up. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, nothing. I you're a Flyers fan. Yes, a huge Flyers fan. So, I, you know, I was going to put that out there. I want to talk about that series coming up. Um, that was my, my one question. And I had also another question regarding hockey, too. So, want me to get to the Flyers one first? Go ahead, man. All right. Uh, my thing is this series with the Rangers. Uh, who do you guys like? And because I've been trying to pick, pick at this back and forth, and I'm like, you know what, I think it's going to go to seven games, and there's no doubt about it. It's just two hated rivals, you know, going to go at it. And just want to get your guys' thoughts on that Eastern Conference playoff picture right there. Matt? Okay, sure, I can go first. Okay, Anthony, I first of all, I agree with you completely that there's no way this series doesn't go seven games. We'll get to this in a bit, but I would compare, I would foil that the, the Kings... Uh, shark series of the first round in the West. The Eastern equivalent to that is the Rangers and Flyers. The two teams, they know each other, they hate each other, they've done battles in the past. My thing where I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the the Rangers under Elaine Vigneault as opposed to under John Tortorello. They've sort of gone more towards a little bit of a speed game. They're not as much of a ground and pound as they were in the past. The Flyers, yeah. as I'm sure you know, are still the bad boy Flyers that they've been of old. So I think that's mm -hmm. one element that could potentially give the Flyers an advantage in that they could wear down the Rangers over time, which could come in handy, you know, game seven double overtime, for example. But then the other big point where I think it sort of tips the scale and makes it almost level, you look at the goaltending matchup with all due respect, Mason is no Henrik Lundqvist in that sense. I think Lundqvist has been consistent even when the Rangers haven't been consistent overall in the playoffs. So I wobbled back and forth on this one. I ended up picking the, you know, in, in a lot of cases with these series, it comes down to goaltending and can a goalie make some crazy save to steal a game or so. So yeah. in that sense, I lean towards the Rangers. I have the Rangers in seven. I would not be surprised at all if the Flyers win this in, in seven games, though. You know, uh, it's kind of hard because, you know, you just heard all the expert analysis you need to hear, so let's just hear the gut check. <laughs> and my gut is just going with the Rangers. But it's not because of anything, you know, really technical-wise or anything because of the talent on both these teams. These teams are so close to me. Just be, not, not maybe in the style that they play, but just the intensity, the way they've gotten here to this point in the season. I, I think they've both worked really hard. They have a rivalry. In rivalry games, you never know what's going to happen. Let's just be honest. You yeah. just never know. So I, I'm just going to throw my prediction out there. I say Rangers in six. Nothing against the Flyers because, trust me, I really believe, like Matt said, the Flyers could do just, just what I'm saying about the Rangers. They could win in six, could win in seven. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying, other than the Rangers. That's the only thing I don't agree with, just because I'm the Flyers fan. But it's just so close that I can't. You know, I, like I said, I've been flip-flopping. And I think the key is that the Flyers haven't played well in – at, at Madison Square Garden, so they had trouble at the Garden, and that's going to be a real key to that series also. But I'm looking forward, regardless, to a, a real fun and beat-up series, two rivals going at it, and, and I appreciate you guys uh, answering my questions about this upcoming series. You're welcome, Anthony. One last point that I want to bring up. One thing that I was actually really amazed with the Flyers is after they fired, I think it was five, was it five games in or three games in, they fired their head coach. 
I think it was five games, and they fired okay, uh, five, Peter Lobley. Five, whatever yeah. it was, it was it was less than ten. You know, at that point, you know, they were making a coaching change that early. They had not looked good. They looked bad in preseason. They looked bad in the shortened season last time. So, in all honesty, I'm going to admit I wrote your team off right from there. I said they're dead in the water. They're going to be lucky if they're the eighth seed. They're out of the first round for sure. They're going to be lucky yeah. if they win a playoff game. And somehow, you know, just the, this team's mentality. They just they never give up, and they're gritty, and it's Hartnell, and they're all just gritting their teeth and hitting everybody. <laughs> And they somehow find a way to make it work. So I have to admit, they, they've proven me wrong in a lot of ways. They could prove me wrong in this first-round matchup. I think if there's anything for them to unite around, it's the fact that this season is kind of a larger scale of what their run to the cup was a couple years ago, where they were behind in every single series, and they found a way to come back. They came back against Boston being down 3-0. So, you know, maybe they go with that, and they say, you know, we were dead in the water. Nobody thinks we're going to win this thing. And then we're going right. up against another impossible challenge and trying to beat the Rangers in Game 7 at Madison Square Garden. Let's just go there and hit people. Yeah, and then you know yeah. that could end up working. That's worked for them in the past. Maybe their formula gets it done, and you know, on the power play and triple overtime against Henrik Lundqvist. Who knows? <laughs> this is hey, going to be a fun I'm series, the, regardless. I, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I really am. A, uh, this is my kind of the time of the year where I'm all you know amped up, and having my team back in the playoffs is uh it makes it even that much better. I love NHL playoffs no matter what. Which gets me to my next question is my final one also. Um, watching ESPN, and I'm not too happy with uh, Barry Melrose, of course. And uh, the thing with Melrose was he made his prediction for the Stanley Cup. Now, his prediction was Chicago-Boston again, which I have no problem with Chicago getting back in there, but I'm hoping that you guys, you know, could maybe lean towards another team out of the East that can get in there. And no offense to Boston, uh, to, um, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, to Boston fans, but I'm just kind of tired of seeing the same old, um, you know, Stanley Cup. I, don't, I really don't want to see that matchup again, even though it was really fun last year. You want to take this first one, uh, Gary? Yeah, well, to begin to, I, I need a minute to, to gather my thoughts on this. That's my that's my so, reasoning. Yeah. It's funny because like you know, both of us had both me and Gary had Chicago winning again yeah. when we did the season preview, but I had the Rangers getting in to face Chicago, and Gary had the Canadians. So oh. those could still happen, which is funny. The other two guys that we had uh, had Pittsburgh beating Chicago in the final. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, um, none of those had Boston. It's it's just difficult. You know, Boston's been so good this year. The number one overall seed. Yeah. To say that they're not going to get there is kind of difficult. Uh, surely there's teams that could beat them. When you're talking about a series, anything can happen, especially in hockey where we've seen so many crazy things happen over the years. Uh, so I'm not counting anybody out at this point. I mean, dang, Columbus looks good at this point to upset the Penguins. Yeah. Uh, just because they're so physical and the Penguins, you know, they love to be crybabies and and complain about getting fouled every 10 seconds. So, you know, it just... I don't know. This this could be one of those where we could see a lot of things happen. It's going to be an exciting playoffs for sure. Yeah. Okay. 
and Anthony, I, I get where you're coming from. You, you want new. You, you get tired of seeing the same teams get to the same place in the playoffs, and you're just like, good mm-hmm. Lord, I'm ready for something new. I, I think, you know, if you've heard us talk about the NFL, we talk about the Patriots, you know, hey, their division's not very good, so they basically get to walk into the playoffs every year. And, hey, guess what? Every year they actually, you know, win their first playoff game, and they're up for the conference championship before you know it. And you're like, good God, can the Patriots just not make the playoffs one year? <laughs> yeah, that's and, how it is. Know, yeah, and so, I mean, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And the only reason, you know, I, I was kind of high on the Bruins from last year, and, of course, now, you know, I'll, we'll talk about the Bruins in a minute here. Uh, well, I, I, we talk about going further because I picked the Bruins against the Wings already. But, you know, I, I just think you have to go with the fact that they're just a good team. It kind of sucks because, like you said, you're tired of it, but you just have to go with it because they're good. Yeah, they they are good. And, I, and it is funny to compare them to the Patriots because they are a lot, you know, like them where they just seem to find ways to just keep getting in there. And, and that's what I was kind of thinking. I'm like, oh, I'm hoping it's not – Boston and um and Boston and uh I'm sorry in Chicago again which was like I stated it was a great series last year I really loved last year's finals but I was like oh let's not have that again and hopefully Melrose's pick is a wrong one and kind of go with like a a sleeper pick you know maybe a Columbus sneaks in that would be cool so we'll see what happens there to be fair Unless you're Chris Berman, who gets to pick the same Bills and 49ers pick every year. <laughs> uh, most of the time, the analysts are also graded on how well they're able to make predictions, right? So it's usually you'll see them make safer picks just to, well, you know, my job is kind of on the line on these kind of things. You know, I don't want to go totally out there on picks and then I look like a total idiot and I'm getting paid all this money to show up on ESPN. You know, obviously yeah. Barry Mills has been there forever, so I'm sure they could, they would cut him some slack if he decided to pick somebody else. But, you know, this guy, he's he knows his stuff. Not that he's never been wrong. I'm sure he's been wrong many times. Right. Uh, just... All we can do is just hope he is wrong, right? If you want something new. So, okay. Well, gotta, apologies <laughs> to Boston and, and uh, Chicago fans. Yeah, I gotta hear Matt. Well, let's hear what Matt has to say because I'm really okay. curious. <laughs> so I had, I had a minute. I had to gather. Them, I thought, okay. So the the core of your question, Anthony, and the context was looking for another team in the East to sort of champion besides the Boston Bruins. To be honest, I can't do that for you, simply because the the Boston Bruins have been the picture of consistency, and the rest of the East has been inconsistency. You know, the Red Wings and the Penguins are a little bit bruised up and a little bit sour. I don't believe in the Montreal Canadiens simply because I just haven't seen enough from them. I like the Lightning, but I question, you know, how good is their goaltending going to be? And, you know, where's their goal scoring come from since, you know, uh, Martin San Luis still coming back from that injury? You know, Columbus, I feel like they're just happy to be here. And then, you know, it's a question of is anybody not, is there anybody healthy after whoever wins the Flyers Rangers series makes it to the second round? So I can't do that for, so I can't, as far as like picking, okay, let's pick another team who's going, who could potentially win the East. I can't do that for you. What I can do is pick you two possible matchups in which I see the Bruins could lose. Okay. 
Okay, so we, we were just talking about the Red Wings against the Bruins series, and I was saying that the Red Wings are going to fight tooth and nail. There's a possibility if the Red Wings can get momentum and if they can stay healthy, and if Zetterberg is back sometimes during round one, I think they could give the Bruins a run for their money. And if the Red Wings are able to extend the series to a sixth game or even further, the pressure from the media and the fans and everybody's going to mount on the Bruins, and the Bruins could crack under that. At which point, in a game seven in Boston, the Red Wings could say, we have nothing to lose, everybody's amazed that we're already out there sort of the the same thing with the flyers it's let's just go out there and hit people and then maybe they could end up pulling it off so i think that's one distinct possibility i don't necessarily think that it's likely but it could it could happen particularly if if they get to game six and the red wings win game six especially like stealing it last in the mantle and just complete like you know rip out boston's heart say in overtime in game six or score two goals in the final minute to you know go from being down one to winning one i would almost automatically have picked the Red Wings to win Game 7 in that. The other possibility is if somehow the Rangers-Flyers series ends early and without significant wear and tear on whoever wins that series, I think they could potentially have a cupcake in the second round in a Columbus team that's a little bit that's a little bit too young at this point, or mm-hmm. in a banged up Penguins team that's barely there, at which point potentially the Rangers or Flyers could be relatively healthy and fresh to play the Bruins and potentially do the same thing to them as the Red Wings could have done, taking them to seven games and then potentially just go out there and hit people in game seven and get lucky in that sense. Yeah, uh, yeah I, agree, I hope I that makes it feel better. Uh, it, it does, it does, I, because it gives me hope. The one thing I definitely could agree with you on is the Red Wings, uh, you know, w- with them, you know, fighting for the game six and then get into a seven. So I definitely agree with that. Now, the, the, as far as the Flyers-Rangers, I don't think that's an early series just just because they're going to beat the crap out of each other. I, I okay, truly well, they, believe they that. Okay, they gets hurt. Say Lundqvist gets yeah. hurt. I could say I could say Flyers in five at that point. I don't even know who the backup goalie oh. for the Rangers is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't even know who it is either. <laughs> Has he played a game? Did Lundqvist play all eighty-two this year? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can't, and that's sad saying that because I, I'm supposed to know this division so great, and I'm like. Who is the Rangers' backup goalie? And I don't even know, but that's that is a really good point. We don't even know who it is. So that if you know something fluky like that happened, then that changes everything around. Also. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is going to be, like I said, hoping for your sake of wanting to see something different. We do, you know, get the Bruins get beat somewhere along the line. Yeah, and uh, you know perhaps the Blackhawks get beat down the line too, so you can have a totally new thing. Uh, yeah, it is really tough to repeat in in the NHL as it is in any other league, really. So their chances of repeating are going to be really rough. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I'm, I'm hoping that it is, just as a fan, because uh, I, I love the finals, and I, and I ho- always wish for a seventh game or sixth game in, in the finals, a good series. So we'll see. See what happens there. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you guys for having me on, and I hope all of you guys enjoy the NHL playoffs, and hope you guys have more shows like this also because it's uh, fun. It's all cocky. It's awesome. Thanks, You're welcome. Man. Thank you. Well, no, okay, talk to you guys in soon. In the future, we'll talk more hockey. And, and for the record, it's uh, Cam Talbot is the backup goalie for the Rangers. Never heard of him. <laughs> he could be the star maybe 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 one of these stars in one of these playoff games a hero <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright thanks guys Bye-bye. later you're welcome later
Okay. All right. All right. That was fun. That was. Unexpected. So we got. I knew Anthony was a hockey fan. I just didn't know he was going to call in. So that's cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay. Well, so that it. pretty much that checks off the the Rangers Flyers preview. <laughs> I did. Uh, I think the Rangers are going to win in seven too. Um, just it's going to be a war. It's going to be some great thing to behold, but I think at the end of the day, Lumquist wins it. Plus, you got Mason's kind of banged up right now, and if somebody else has a start for him, who knows what's going to happen yeah. with that. You, so. you guys are talking me into that game seven, but I'll just stick with my game, you know, six games for the Rangers. I'll get into the Red Wings thing real quick so we can move on. Uh, you know, the Red Wings have a lot of kids, a lot of young guys, uh, starting with Nyquist, and I think they're going to take this kind of attitude of, we've got this far with what we have. You know, dead suits back, but, you know, they still got some injuries. And are they just going to go out there and let it all fly and see what happens? You know, and when you've got a nothing-to-lose kind of mentality, that's when you can kind of get upsets and get goals in crazy situations and you win close games and stuff. So, you know, this, for sure, I think six is going to be a number that's going to happen. I think the Bruins are too good at the end of the day to lose. But I'd love to see it go seven and, and put that pressure on the Bruins for sure. So let's move it along to that two three. Uh, well, the first uh, two three matchup, which now I'm blanking. It's uh, Tampa Bay and uh, Montreal. Tampa Bay whooped Montreal during the season three zero and one. Uh, not that they won by a lot of goals or anything. They had to win two shootouts in an overtime game. So, it was close. You know, Gary, you had the Canadians going a long way. Do you see them getting past Tampa Bay? Okay, so I think this will be a good series as well. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not so much on my prediction now. I don't know why, but, I mean, just watching the Lightning, somewhat what I have this year, uh, and just seeing where they've gotten, I mean, I just, I just feel better about the Lightning. I just, I don't know what it is about them. I'm sure you know Matt may make me look bad on this because um, I don't have a whole lot of analysis on this matchup. Both teams are not teams that really follow closely, to be honest with you. Uh, but my gut is telling me to go with the Lightning, so I'm going to go with the Lightning in seven games. This is the one, if if there was any series that I absolutely had no beat on, had no idea what was going, literally could not find one little nick to divide the two teams that I felt confident on, like how with the Rangers and Flyers, I said, oh, Henrik Lundqvist, home ice advantage, Rangers in seven, or anything like that. This is the one series I don't have a beat on. I could be completely wrong on this. Um, I have the Canadians winning this series in seven um, I believe in Carey Price a little bit more than I do the goaltending situation in um, Tampa Bay simply because right now Ben Bishop, the potent, one of the potential Vesna contenders, um, he's a little bit banged up. I don't know what's happening on with his situation. And then if he's not able to go, they have an NHL rookie potentially who would be playing in the first round of the playoffs. I think the Lightning have a little bit more skill guys as far as Maritime San Louis and what they can do up top, but I think the Montreal Canadiens have a little bit more scoring depth and a little bit more defensive Wait, depth. Wait, you know San Louis got traded to the Rangers, Oh, I'm right? sorry. Excuse me. Steve Stamkos. I'm sorry. My mistake on that. Steve Stamkos. So, I mean, you know, he's finally back from injury. Thank you for catching me on that, Sean. I mix up those two all the time. 
Um, but you know, I think so. I think the I think the the Canadians have a little bit more top end, but the the Habs have a little bit more depth. So I don't have a gauge on this. This is a coin flip. You know, I'm going back and forth on this. You brought up the fact that you know the the um, the Lightning dominated the uh, dominated the regular season series, but I'm going to stick with Montreal in seven games. But this is the one series if I had to mark. If I had to mark one series with my waffle series, this is it because yeah. I am waffling. <laughs> well, and, you know, Matt. To be honest with you, you know, kind of looking, I didn't really trust my own analysis of these teams. You know, I did kind of look at the roster, seeing how the season's gone, just kind of get some understanding for this preview. But the one thing that I kind of looked at was I kind of looked at a cheat sheet with the experts. What do the experts think? And they were just like us. They're right down the middle. Uh, I think out of 12 picks, six picked lighting, six picked Canadians. And so, I mean, it, this is a coin flip, like you said. I don't deny that at all. Yeah, I think this is going to kind of come down to what happens to Ben Bishop. If he doesn't play in game one, that game one is going to be huge because if Canadians can get off to that quick start and win that, I mean, you know, talk about turning the tide because then you got to fight an uphill battle if you're the. Uh, Lightning, and uh, you know, not to mention, playoff hockey in Montreal is no joke. That that those that stadium is going to be rocking. You know, people are going to be going crazy. I mean, Tampa Bay is not a hockey town by any means. So you know, to go to a place in Canada that's going to be going crazy for playoff hockey, I think that's going to be something. Uh, you you know, Tampa Bay seemed to play better without Stamkos for a lot of the years. So you wonder if there's going to be a chemistry issue there with Stamkos being there with uh, the Lightning for, you know, a whole series. These teams are so close. I think it's going to come down to goaltending, and I would go with the gold medal winning Carey Price. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be one of the – I think if it doesn't go seven, something crazy happened. Honestly, these teams are so close. Um, I'll say the Canadians. Watch out for Thomas Vanek, too. He's going to be snapping it up for Montreal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, alrighty. Moving things along. We have the interesting match of a Pittsburgh and Columbus. Pittsburgh did win the season series 5 nothing. Uh, at times beating Columbus, you know, with uh, scoring a lot of goals. Uh, There's only one time where they, they did shut out Columbus once even. So, uh, But, you know, Columbus plays a style that Pittsburgh doesn't like. They play, you know, kind of in your face. They'll check you. They, you know, they don't let you breathe. They're very defensive. They have uh, Brofsky, who's a great goaltender. So, you know. A lot of things going for them. You got Pittsburgh, who has Flurry, who you know he can kind of be up and down, <laughs> if uh, there's a better word for him. So, what do you think, Matt? Who do you got for this? I have the Penguins in five. Um, I think the injury. First of all, we just found out today that Malkin's good to go for Game One, which is huge for the Penguins, which has been one of their big issues. But you know. This is kind of the first year since they since the since the brass in um, Pittsburgh has built the core around um, Malkin and Crosby, and they've had that core that there's not automatically the expectation or the 
ec- or the the anticipation that they're going to make it to a conference final, potentially a Stanley Cup final, and win the Stanley Cup, simply because they've had injuries. They've kind of been on a slightly downward trend since the Olympics. But I feel like that tempered expectations has kind of caused everyone to sort of relieve us a, a sigh of relief. You know, before that, it was all pins and needles, and you know, you go on the road and all the media is following. You know, you come into a home game and everybody's all this buzz and there's all this expectation and almost everybody's kind of tempered everything because oh they're injured you know Malkin's not there we don't know what's going to happen we saw what happened last year with Flurry, so we don't know if he's the guy so in that sense I really think Pittsburgh's going to come into this series you know feeling loose like you know there's no expectation there's no pressure let's just go out there and play hockey and you know Columbus, they are the most inexperienced team other than maybe Dallas into these playoffs. You know, I feel like they might just be happy to be here. And at the end of the day, I just think the the Penguins have a little bit more experience. They're getting slightly healthier now, so maybe they'll be on the upside as opposed to how they were in the past. So that's my reasoning. I could see this game potential. I could see this series potentially going six. I could see this series potentially going seven. But I don't really see how with Columbus's youth and with the skill that um, Pittsburgh has that somehow Columbus could win this in seven games or less. So I've got I've got Pittsburgh in five for those reasons. All of this is predicated on Fleury not wetting the bed like he did last year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I, I just feel so good when me and Matt agree, especially on the number of games. I have Penguins in five as well. Uh, and here's the reason for me. I really feel like looking at the roster, looking at you know what the Penguins have to offer, I feel like they're the more well-rounded team. Uh, and they can put you know goals in the net when they need to. I worry about that with Columbus. I worry that they are defensive-minded, and just offensively they may struggle a little bit against Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and I think that's really going to be the deciding factor. And why five games? Well, I mean, I'm sure Columbus will find a way to win one. But I just feel like Pittsburgh's just going to come on too strong. You guys both mentioned the youth movement in Columbus. And, yeah, maybe later on these guys will be real contenders uh, and, and maybe being one of the best teams we're going to talk about in the future. But right now they're a little bit in, inexperienced. They just don't have those veterans that you really need to move you on. Uh, hockey, you know, at times it's – Sometimes it really helps to have those seasoned veterans, at least three or four of them, to really get your team going, motivated. The youth movement is bad, but you know, with inexperience, you lose a lot for your team. So I, I just feel like you know the Penguins will be, uh, you know, walking through this one and hope you know hopping onto that next round. Yeah, I have an issue with the uh, Blue Jackets scoring because you have. One player in your Hansen who scored 33 goals, and then nobody else had more than like 22 or something like that. I mean, think it's just can they all get together and you know maybe get lucky on a power play and score the goal needed to get a win? Sure, I think they can. I think Bobrovsky can win you one game by himself. He's that good. He's the defending Vezina Trophy winner. So I think it's Penguins and six. I think Columbus, you know, Borowski wins one by himself. I think the Blue Jackets wind up winning maybe another one at home. And the Penguins wind up taking it away uh, eventually. So I think the Penguins get through here. You know, you got Malkin. I think Crosby's been so good this year. I think he's finally going to shake that whole thing with the playoffs and and be good this year. So um, I'm going to go with Penguins and six. Let's move on to that Western Conference, guys. And you got 
Anaheim. They're the number one seed. 116 wins. They are playing our stars, Gary. And, well, <laughs> here, here it goes. You got two teams that have two uh, big one-two punches, but I worry about the stars after the, the first line. Uh, the Ducks, not so much. They can score in plenty of ways. Plus, you got Timo Solani playing his last year. You wonder how much that's going to affect things on an emotional level. It's our team, Gary. What are you saying? Oof, I just... I really wish I could be a fanboy here. I wish I could have the faith. I wish I could just stand up and scream to the hills that the Stars are going to do amazing. Or they're at least going to squeak one by in seven games. I, I just can't. I, I just got to be honest with myself. I got to look at what the Ducks have done this year and the reason they're in this position. Stars did win the regular season series. Yeah, but you're talking about the playoffs. And I, I just think that the Ducks are going to come with more intensity than they were during the regular season. Uh, you're also talking about a lot of rotation. Uh, a lot of different things that have happened during the season when these two teams have met up. They didn't know they were going to meet each other in the playoffs at those times. I just feel like right now, you know, the, the Ducks are just more prepared. They're more well-rounded, and I think that they are ready to move on. Sadly, I, I've got the Ducks winning in five games. I don't want to say it. I just feel like they're just too good of a team not to play well against the Stars team who, yeah, they've improved. They are better than they were a year ago. I just don't think that the Stars have the power to beat the Ducks. Okay. If I had to give a foil to the Bruins wing series in the West, I would say this is that equivalent with a few minor changes. First of all, the Stars are significantly healthier than the Red Wings are. I think the Stars come in just as hot as far as form and performance as of late than the Red Wings have. I think this is a very similar series to the other one in the sense that the longer it goes, the more pressure that's going to be heaped on the Ducks, especially with last year. You know, they came in, they were the number one seed in the West. They were up 3-1 on the Red Wings, and they let a series get away from them. So now there's all this pressure, and the the, the Ducks' uh, Twitter account has started uh, the hashtag unfinished business with the intention of last year. And in some cases, they've spelled it finished with two N's to imply finish as in Tamu Solani, whose nickname is the Finnish Flash. So that's a little creative bonus points for, for the Ducks on that end. But, um, you know, I just... <sighs> The Ducks have a better one-two punch. I think they're a little bit young on defense, but they've got a little bit more depth as far as scoring is concerned. I think the, the one saving grace that the Stars have is they're just happy to be here. All the pressure's on the Ducks, both because they're the higher seed, they're the home, they're, they have home ice advantage, and particularly with what happened last year, they're looking to try and... Uh, undo the you know the abomination that was getting knocked out in the first round by an eighth seed so i think all the pressures on them the stars can just play hockey and you know if the stars manage to win one of the first four games if they get it to game six or heaven forbid even game seven that pressure is just going to further mount and mount everybody's going to bring it up on bruce boudreau and i think the the one other the one other uh, ace ace in the hole yellow card mulligan what am i thinking the one other the one other wild card, the one other um unknown here that could be a big deciding factor is I don't know who's starting in goal for the Ducks. Jonas Hiller's been the workhorse in the been the workhorse this season, but he hasn't looked good as of late. He's had games in which he has looked 
terrible in two games in a row. In the game coming back from injury in this first period, he gave up three goals to the Edmonton Oilers, the last place in the West Edmonton Oilers. So, and particularly because he was part of the collapse last year, I don't know that he's inspiring confidence. You could go with the second-year player and the backup, uh, Anderson, the Danish guy, but he doesn't have any playoff experience, so you really want to play him like that. Or you could go with Josh Gibson, who has played a total of three games in the NHL, albeit his first game was a shutout of the Vancouver Canucks 3-0 in Vancouver. So I think at that point, you know, if... Even if the Ducks win game one, if, you know, Hiller lets in, if, say, Hiller starts game one, if Hiller gets in two soft goals, you know, Bruce Boudreaux showed in when he was in um, Washington that he was not, he did not have a long leash on his starting goaltender if he had an even remotely capable and experienced backup. So then, you know, oh, the backup's starting. So then in the locker room, are they saying, you know, I don't know what's happening. We don't have confidence in that. So really, the Stars don't have any pressure on them. I have written down here, I have the Ducks winning in six. You know, I think Kari Lettinen can steal a game. I think the Stars can certainly win a game on home ice. But the longer this series goes and the closer each game stays, particularly if the Ducks net minding is below, is subpar and letting in soft goals, that pressure is going to mount. The longer this goes on, the better the chances the Stars have of winning the series. That's my that's my little ticket of hope for you, too. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, You're right. Well, thank you for giving us hope, but... There's also the thing of the of the uh, Stars love to give up goals and give up lots of turnovers. So it doesn't matter what the Ducks goalkeepers are going to be doing. Uh, it depends on our defense to uh, not let Kerry Lettman down, who has been nothing short of marvelous this season. Um, he's been so good. I think he's going to win the Stars a game by himself. Uh, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's just going to be one of those where the Stars defense is going to let us down, and we we can't be fighting an uphill battle trying to outscore the Ducks every game. I think we win two games, and the Ducks wind up beating us in six. I, I'd love to see a miracle happen and us get through, but I just think the Ducks are too, fo- too focused this year. With Solani being at the last year and everything, I think they're on an emotional high. And I understand the Stars are kind of riding a wave right now, but... It could similarly be like the Red Wings where they got nothing to worry about and just go out there and play, but I just think, you know, Ducks are going to be too much. So, say Ducks and Six. Let's get on to your team, Matt, and they always seem to beat the San Jose Sharks at some point. This is going to be one heck of a series. I can't wait to watch it. The I have, in, in talking amongst the Pollard family with my brother being in Chicago, my dad being in back home in Los Angeles. We have dubbed this series California War 3. California <laughs> War 1 was in 2010. That was the first time that any of the three California teams have played each other in the playoffs. Amazing considering, you know, Kings were 67 uh, Ducks there in their 20th year now, and the Sharks came in in 94, if I'm not mistaken. So it took 16 years of these three teams existing for the two, for two of them to meet in the playoffs, and it wasn't until last year that all three of them were in the playoffs in the same year. So in 2010, 
Sharks were the higher seed. Sharks one and six. But in last game of the regular season, Andre Kopitar, our star first line centerman, broke his ankle and missed the entire playoffs. Last year, the two teams met in the second round. Kings had home ice advantage and won a thrilling series in game seven. And this year, it is an equally compelling matchup. I think every single game we've had this regular season so far has been with a playoff atmosphere. These two teams play essentially the exact same game. They're built the same way. Um, They have a good group of stars. They have depth. They can roll four lines. They are extremely physical. They play well possession. They focus on defense. They have top net minding. That being said, Niemi has not looked very good as of late. He's letting in a couple soft goals. There's a question of whether or not Joe Thornton is going to be healthy. He has a slight injury. It was just it was just released today that Drew Doughty, the center the top defenseman for the Kings, is cleared to play and is ready to go. The Kings have been resting their players the past, say, five or six games, say, calling up one of the guys from the Manchester Monarchs or AHO affiliates, sitting one guy out, having a guy take a night off, not having you know, having it be an optional skate the morning of a game so that guys can rest. Meanwhile the Sharks were battling and battling and battling to try and overcome the Ducks to win the division to avoid the situation of having to play us in the first round. Yes, the start, yes, the, the Sharks do have home ice advantage. And yes, the home team has won nine of the previous ten games. That one game was a 1-0 win by the Kings, and they also won a shootout game against the Sharks as well. And then also, in the last five games the teams have played on the other's home ice, the Sharks have won by an average of 1.2 goals. Meanwhile, the Kings have won by an average of 2.3 goals. So even though both contests are highly contested, when the Kings are playing at home, the Kings win by a moderately comfortable margin, whereas pretty much every single Sharks-Kings game at the SAP Center is a toss-up. Therefore, I think this could go either way. This is going to be an extremely close game. I would not be shocked. There's a distinct possibility the Sharks could win this series, but I have the Kings winning this game in six games, this series in six games. <clears throat> Man, it's tough to follow that, especially a guy that knows his team. <laughs> I watch every single game. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I mean, I, I can't add anything more, you know, than what Matt just gave you, but I will say this. Uh, seeing what I've seen in both these teams, especially the Kings, I mean, not to toot his horn or anything, but the fact that I've seen a lot of the Kings, I like the way they play. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't matter what it gets down to. It matters when they're on the ice together. And the Sharks have scrapped and worked as hard as they can. And now they're in a situation where they're going to have to do a big, huge battle again. And I just feel like there's a time and a place where you try your best and you try your best and then you get a little worn out. And I think this is a, probably going to be the point where I just think the Kings are going to outlast the Sharks. I, I think it will go to six games. Um, I, I don't think it will go to seven. I just think the Kings are going to make sure that they put away the Sharks when they need to put them away. But I feel like the Sharks are going to definitely give the Kings a run for their money. Um, so that's that's kind of the way I feel about it. Yeah, I got the Kings the 6-2, you know, Matt brought up the home game thing. That's going to be the big key here, and the Kings are going to want to finish it off at home so you don't have Game 7 in San Jose. I think Jonathan Quick is so much better than Emmy. I think he's going to be the big X factor in this in that he's such a better goaltender. He's going to be keeping shots out that Niemi's going to let in. I think, uh, you know, you've got so much going on for the Kings. I think this is their year to get through this 
and possibly into the you know next round as well um i you know matt kind of set up everything so i don't really know that i need to say anything else i've been taught every um, single person i know who's talking about hockey i've already had this conversation before so i'm if there's if there's any talking point in tonight that i'm well grooved on it's this one sean don't feel bad about not being able to make my my points that I'm making. I would just say watch out for Joe Pavelski. He's going to be would, a big... Uh... I would watch out for Pavelski. I think the, the one silver lining in here that the Sharks have where I do think they have a distinct advantage is the Sharks have a significantly better power play, and for whatever reason, they've been able to play well on the power play at home against the Kings. So that's one thing, especially, you know, the Kings take a few more penalties than most teams do in the NHL. So I think that's one thing of trying to be disciplined and particularly make sure you have puck possession so that you're wearing them down and don't take dumb offensive zone penalties. I think the one counter argument to that, you know, where that's been the, that's been the main talking point that people who are arguing that the Sharks are going to win this series have argued that and home ice advantage, which is a valid point. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to argue against that inherently. I just don't think it's going to be as significant in this series as it, ha- as it has been historically in uh, in the rivalry. But my one response to that is I looked this up in five games that the teams played this year. Only once did the Sharks have more power plays than the Kings did, and the Sharks had five power plays in that game, and the Kings had four power plays in that game. So. You know, I think that that's my one argument. But the key thing here is, if the Kings can stop, if the Kings can stop the Sharks on the power play, I don't see any way for the Sharks of winning. It's it's going to have to be, you know, Jonathan Quick, God forbid, pulling his groin again to take the Sharks to win this series. They're, the the goals are going to have to come on the power play. Other than that, I think if the Kings just do their thing, even if it's ugly and you know it wears them down, I think the Kings can outlast the Sharks as they have in the past. Well said, well said. So, at least we all agree on one team here. <laughs> uh, moving on to a team that we didn't even think was going to make the playoffs, and I'm on record as saying I thought they were going to be terrible, and I look terrible by saying that. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche uh, against the Minnesota Wild. This seems to be the sexy upset pick with uh, a lot of people saying the Wild in seven. What are you saying, uh, Matt? I have the Avalanche winning in five. Now, I think, I guess my, my sexy up, I don't know that I have a sexy upset pick in that, in that aspect because I don't feel like a three team beating a two seed is an upset in that sense. So it has to be a four one. So then it's a wild card against the division winner, which, you know, is more towards a, say, a, 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 a four, what is it? No, it's a, a five seven as opposed to, say, a, a six. Uh, as opposed to a 6-11 in that sense in the context of March Madness. I have the Avs winning in five. Um, I don't necessarily think that in a vacuum they are a better team than Minnesota. I think if you repeat their regular seasons ten times over and then have them play, I think this is much closer. But this team, the to, to make an MLS reference that Gary won't understand, Sean, I think this team is the Portland Timbers of last year in that they had a lot of youth, they had a lot of skill, and they brought in a coach in Patrick Waugh who knows how to coach and who put them in a position exactly. to be successful. And they have an excellent goaltender similar to Donovan Ricketts who is absolutely stunned in his head and who I think very much deserves to win the Vesna Trophy. So in that sense, I'm picking 
the Avalanche because I believe they are the hotter team in that sense. I think it will be scrappy, even though it's in five games. I think every single one of those games will be hotly contested. But at the end of the day, the Avalanche are young. You know, they're they're happy to be here. They're excited and they're flying around. And this is a young team where they're at the point where if they believe they can win, they're never out of a game. And, you know, especially on the power play, they're just so fast and youthful in that sense. I think they can do this. Do I think they'll they'll make a deep run in the playoffs? We'll get in that in a bit. But I just think youth, skill, and just where they are as far as being on cloud nine and being focused in, I think I think that tips the scale in their favor over the over the veteran scrappy wild team. You know, I may have to screenshot my uh, phone because that's where I put my bracket but I promise I'm not copying Matt when I say that I picked Avalanche in five as well I th- this is awesome uh, but you know it's just because Matt has so much knowledge I love it I love the fact that I got the right number uh, but the point being is I think he said a lot about youth in Colorado and that's exactly why I did not choose Colorado this year to even make the playoffs I really felt like Colorado was an up and coming team they had a lot of good talent uh, you mentioned the goaltending. Goaltending was one of those big things, I believe, I talked about on the preview of the, the whole season uh, for Colorado because they have such a good goaltender uh, in goaltending in general. I feel like both goaltenders can do a do decent job, and that's why I felt like that they would get close, but no spaghetti. Wow, they've gotten here, um, and there's a reason they've gotten here, and that youth is actually more uh, improved than we expected. I think that they're a good team. I think with the Wild, I think you know, I think that they're going to have some potential, but I just think they're not going to succeed. I really feel like the Avalanche are just going to just, you know, I think they're just going to outplay them. Let's just be honest. I think the Wild are not going to let the games get away. I, I just really feel good about the Avalanche. So I'm, I'm going to skip my prediction. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to go Avalanche in five. I still do also have some doubts about. Um, not Bobrovsky, who am I thinking of, of Ilya Brzgalov for the Wild, whereas there's absolutely no doubt about the about the net mining for the Avalanche. And as has been shown in the past four or five years, goaltending, you know, goaltending goal is what being what uh, centers were in the NBA 10 years ago. You know, and and right now, you know, I'd say the you know the Avalanche have one have you know one of the best who you know goalie who I think should win the Vesna Trophy. So that tips the scales, even if the other two, if even if in a vacuum, every single other aspect of the teams they were level. Yeah, Varlamov is going to be continue to show why he should win the Vesna Trophy this year. He's been so great. Uh, I mean, look, the Avalanche sure won the division maybe it's fluky because the blues probably should have wound up taking it but at the end of the day what matters is that they're here and i don't think the wild win a game honestly i think it's a sweep i think the avalanche got these young kids they're out here they've been scoring they're gonna that's the problem with the uh the wild i don't i think they're gonna have a problem scoring they're gonna have to try to grind out games and the avalanche are built to try to take that away they don't have the greatest defense in the world but they do enough to probably negate a team that's not going to score that well. I think Brzgalov is going to... He's been doing well, actually, since the trade, but, you know, this is a playoffs, and I think the Avalanche are going to be trying to show that, you know, we're not a fluke team. Uh, we might be young, but we're uh, we're going to take our inexperience and use that as a, a positive and just kind of have this we-don't-care attitude and go out there and just play, you know, and they're going to do that, and I think they're going to win sweep time. 
screw all this uh, upset picking stuff. So let's get into this last one. You have the defending Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, both these teams are kind of banged up. You know, the Blackhawks got a lot of uh, positive news this week. Uh, the Blues are just missing a bunch of people, and a lot of them, you know, they're day to day. So I'm sure they'll probably still play sometime in the series. But some of the guys they're missing are key parts. We're not. It's it's not like they're just missing some scrappers here. So. Matt, what do you see with the Blues and Blackhawks? My my bullet board, my my headline for this series is two contenders who the playoffs came a month too late. Um, I think we just got word that uh, Taves and Kane are going to be back. I still don't know an update on Oshi or Steen. You know, two weeks ago I would have had the Blues beating the Bruins in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. Now they have lost six games in a row. They have been shut out in two of them. They have been outscored in that time, 22-5, to five, if I'm not mistaken. And three of those losses have come, two of those losses have come to teams who have not made the playoffs. One of them have come, one of them has come to the Hawks. One of them has come to the Avalanche. They could play in the second round. And then one of them came at the hand of the Stars, who just barely squeaked into the playoffs. This is the exact opposite of the way you want to play. This is a team that came in 2010, and they were the dark horse everybody had, and they were ready to go, and they promptly got swept in the second round by the Los Angeles Kings. And then last year, they made a couple additions. They had a significantly better regular season. They said, okay, now we're ready to go. And then they won the first two games against the Kings, and then they lost four games in a row. And then this year, they look like an absolute powerhouse for the first 76 games. They were, you know, we were talking locks for the division, you know, potential Western Conference champion, potential winning the President's Trophy. And then they crap out in the last six games and on the last day of the regular season, lose the division to the Colorado, the Colorado Avalanche. This team does not inspire faith in me whatsoever. I think they are reeling. They are imploding at precisely the wrong time. They are banged up. The team they're playing there is banged up. That, you know, and the the big thing that I find that's ironic that I was talking to one of my Blues friends in um, the department is, you know, he was saying, okay, we traded for Ryan Miller, and they, as soon as they traded for Ryan Miller, I thought, oh, God, here they come. They're going to beat us in the conference final. There's no way they're not winning the Stanley Cup. Since coming to the Blues. Uh, Ryan Miller actually has a lower save percentage than Yaroslav Halak had before being traded away from the Blues. So their big acquisition that was supposed to be filling in the one chink in the armor they had has actually played worse than the guy who they thought the problem was. Um, The Blackhawks on the other side, they've been reeling a little bit. Um, These two teams actually have the worst record since the Olympics of the 16 teams in the playoffs. The Hawks, I believe, are 13, 11, and 6. The Blues are 11, 13, and 6. So the Blues actually have a losing record since then. I have the Hawks winning this game in 6. I think the Blues just say, we're not going out like this, and I think they mount a comeback in some way possible. But at the end of the day, the Blackhawks are healthier. They had a better track record in the playoffs. And I have a little bit more. I know what I'm getting with them. I don't know what I'm getting out of the Blues. And I don't know how. I don't know what you go going into the locker room. I don't know what Ken, Ken Hitchcock, Ken Hitchcock says in practice to get these guys to get their butts, you know, off out of their seats after losing six games in a row. 
So I have the Hawks winning in six. Okay, and that's fair. That really is fair. I mean, I agree with a lot of what you were saying, Matt. And the injuries are big concerns. But I, I feel like, you know, both teams having injuries, it kind of gives them more of an even playing field. I, I think you got to say a lot for what the Blues did early in the season. I don't think uh, they're just completely dead in the water, but it does concern me psychologically with this team. And I think also you have to worry about the fact of, hey, you know, what if the guys that we're depending on in the Blues, you know, re-injure uh, themselves or, you know, you have other key injuries that pop up, then you're really in trouble. I mean, you're talking about depth here, and do the Blues have the depth when it comes to later? I just, I don't know. I have a good feeling for the Blues against Chicago. It's one of those things that don't have a whole lot of, you know, basis on this, but I do feel like Chicago they're just kind of real in themselves. I don't feel strong about Chicago or what they're doing. I think that they're a decent team, but with the injuries that they have, I'm just not completely sold on them. So, I mean, it's very hard to choose. To me, this is almost a coin flip because of that reason, both having, you know, key injuries. Um, so, man, I, I just going to have to say it. I, I'm going to have to go with the blues on this. And I believe I chose the blues in seven because of the fact that both teams are reeling. Yeah, but, you know, the the two guys who were worried about with the Blackhawks, they're skating and they're good to go. Uh, the Blues are missing a lot of players. They're Captain Bacchus, Oshie, uh, Berglund, Sopta. You have uh, Brendan Morrill's probably going to be out for the whole series. You have Chesarenko, he's going to be out. I mean... These aren't just guys. These are the almost the core of their team that are going to be down. I mean, I wonder, like Matt said, what is Ken Hitchcock saying to this team? Yes, he has the Stanley Cup winning experience and all that stuff, but I, I go with experience of Blackhawks are the defending champions. They have the guys on the ice that they need to win, um, you know, and, and that's that's – at the end of the day, I think that's what's going to matter here. I got Hawks in six. Okay, and yeah, and I'm I'm a big Hitch fan, so that's probably my bias for the Blues. Let's just say that. Um, and now, by the way, everybody, I did text my bracket to Sean, so he knows that I am not just taking what Matt says. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay, I know he did. So I, I texted it. So in case future members we agree, Matt, I'm not copying you. <laughs> Okay. Well, as long as as long as I know Sean's keeping you honest, I believe you. Good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we can either try to figure out. Let's just do it like this. You guys pick your who's going to get to the conference finals. Your four teams. You know, two from the west and two from the east, and then you pick your Stanley Cup final, and then who wins the final. Instead of trying to figure out all the convoluted, we I picked this one, I picked that one, going into the next round. So, okay, you want me to go first, Sean? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so I'll just for the sake of completeness, my second round matchup in the um, what did it in the Pacific or excuse me in the Central would be the Avalanche and the Hawks. I had the Avalanche winning that in seven. Avalanche have won the season series against the Hawks, and they've proven they're not afraid of them. 
And then I'm going to say Kings in seven over the Ducks. So I have the Kings and the Avalanche playing. I'm going to say Kings in six. I should say experience over youthful exuberance in that. That's purely my only guess. It could go either way. Um, maybe I'm being a homer. If I am, so be it. Um, and then I have Bruins skating through rather easily to the conference finals. I'm going to say Rangers over Pens in the second round. I think Columbus is going to give them a little bit more run for their money. I think goaltending advantage to the Rangers in that, and I think the Rangers will rough them up a little bit and just find a way to squeak it out against the Penguins. Um, I don't really see the Rangers beating the Bruins. I'm sorry. There's there's no reason to pick against them at this point. This is the Bruins' cup to lose as far as I'm concerned. And I'm going to say that the Bruins defeat my Los Angeles Kings in seven games in the Stanley Cup Finals. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. Well, let's look here. Okay, so round two in the West, I have the Ducks <clears throat> versus the Kings. Sorry, I got Ducks in six. I just that's okay. the way I feel. Uh, Avs versus the Blues. Uh, why did I play? I chose the. Wait. I look at my deal. I must have messed up somewhere on here because I have the Ducks going through. Uh, why the Ducks versus the Kings? As versus the Blues. Uh, Blues win in game seven. Uh, uh, let's see here. The East, I have the Bruins versus Lightning. Uh, Bruins, of course, win that six. Uh, Penguins versus the Rangers. Rangers will win that in seven. That's the way I feel about that. I got the conference championship games here. Ducks versus the Blues. Uh, Ducks win in seven. I have the Bruins versus the Rangers. The Bruins will win that game seven. It'll be a you know tough series. Uh, Stanley Cup playoffs for me is the Mighty Ducks versus the Boston Bruins. Boston wins in seven. You are forgiven, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, the Kings beating the Ducks in seven. I have the Blackhawks beating the Avalanche in six. And then I have, sorry, I, I'm just going to go with my original, I hate to do, I'm just going to go with my original pick until I'm proven wrong. Um, I know it's a stretch probably to say the Rangers are going to beat the Bruins, but hell, whatever. <laughs> my, my original pick from the season is still there, so I'm just going to go with it. I have the Blackhawks beating the Kings in seven. On the other end, I have the Rangers beating the Penguins in six. I have the Bruins beating the Canadians in six. And then I think I have the Rangers and Bruins in a seven-game series, and I'll say the Rangers somehow win it, and the Blackhawks win it again. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Garman has just trolled himself for you. <laughs> by sticking oh, with his pick from back in September. <laughs> there you go. Oh, we shall see. Yeah. I'm sure there. I'm sure the Bruins will wind up in the finals. I don't think there's no doubt. The Bruins must have done something. Somebody had to get hurt. Uh, the the goaltender got hurt. Uh, the one of the biggest players for the Bruins gets hurt. Something crazy has to happen, I think, for the Bruins not to get there. It's just, it's insane. But mm -hmm. I agree. The, you know, really, the, the battle is going to be in the West, like, you know, Matt pointed out when we started this out. And it'll be very interesting to see how the West shakes out. I mean, I think most people will be excited about those games. 
really the East. I mean, you just look at the Bruins and you just know that they're going to be there in the Stanley Cups. That's what you know for a fact. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, unless somebody has anything else they want to say, I guess we can call it a night on this one. No, I think now that's Now you know who we think is going to win the Cup. What? And I think that's everything. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, Matt, are you going to be joining? I guess you're going to be doing soccer, right? With Sean, are you? Yeah, we, we've been we've been making we've been making amends to get back to doing soccer on a regular basis. So I should be most probably on air back on Friday night. Awesome, awesome. And before then, Thursday night we're going to have an NBA basketball playoff preview. That one's going to be fun. I'm going to have Brandon Clapp. It's been a long time since he's been on. Randy is will be back for that. <laughs> Gary won't be on. Probably better for him. That way he doesn't have to sit there and act like he cares about a sport he doesn't care about. Uh, Basketball's okay. I just, you know, I don't follow it it really at all until the playoffs. And so that kind of causes a problem. But I will be making my predictions. Sean will have all my predictions. And if he wants to read them, he's more than welcome to. I I will read them for you just because you made the the effort to make predictions. Just that way in case my Florida Gulf Coast wins or something, you know. That's a, yeah, it's a joke. Maybe. It's a joke from last year's bracket, Matt. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I figured as much. My, my long shots sometimes actually do something. So, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, my Mavs are playing the Grizzlies in a fight for seventh and eighth. I hope the Mavs win. They have a slightly better chance playing OKC than they do playing the Spurs. So, we've actually done decently against OKC. I don't, not that I want to see San Antonio and the Grizzlies again, but it don't matter because San Antonio is winning that. Um, either way, that's uh, two shows uh, this week still looking forward to. And, of course, if you like video games at all, you got cooperative multiplayer on Sunday. And, of course, our big show, Rushing to the Max, on Monday nights, midnight Eastern. No idea what we're going to be doing yet, but it'll be fun. So, until then, for Matt, for Gary and myself. See you guys later and enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs. Not everybody.